Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Mostele brende ishe midelo bronde ke shamande ishe botola mastele ke shamande de bronde mande ishe biboromo ke bande la lista bande de jisho monko kaya mande ishe mende boko romo stela rende mande le liboko talarabastande mesto la rimo koramba kaya samande. Mula la rabacoso mondo la starabakite. For you're in the season of fulfillment, says God. A season where what I've spoken to your heart, what you've discovered in my covenant word, what you've sown for has gone through the process of first a blade, then the ear. And it's now fulfillment time of the full fruit in the ear, says the Lord. For just like you've waited for this season of fulfillment, I too have waited for this season to come upon the earth. I've long waited for this time, says God, to have a people that would move with me, to have a people that would believe me, that have a people that would work with me, says the Lord. My eyes have ran to and fro looking for my people that would work in this harvest time. For truly the harvest is great, says the Lord. But you're going to see this season of fulfillment. Things turn around. Things be reversed. Things that will accelerate in growth in front of the world, but not to my people. My people have been standing. My people have been believing me. And you shall not be disappointed, for my word shall be fulfilled in this season, says your God. Somebody shout. Malarabakaya. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Keshe bandesh tala de ribe. Kola ramastala rabako. Mostele brinde bocomo sotele de ribe bongostele de prato. Calareme mondo la rabastella rabromo stella rabaca. Heromo bacaya bate. Mostele brinde osha batala. For I'm not a God that forgets. And I'm not forgotten one act of obedience, one act of sacrifice, one act of 
believing what I've said when I led you by my spirit, when you agreed to go, even times when you didn't even know it was me, says the Lord, but you stepped out believing it was me. I do not forget anything, and you're going to see things that you've forgotten about going to manifest in your life, and you're going to say, this is that which I sowed back there. This is that which I did right there. For I'm not unrighteous to forget. Everything. Every move. Every praise. Every sacrifice of thanksgiving. Every time the enemy came in and you stayed steadfast unmovable, casting down, standing on what I've said. When the world is going in an opposite direction, says the Lord, I have a people, a remnant, seasoned for this fulfillment season. Yeah, the world will look at you and they will say, surely the Lord is with you. That's a miracle. Ah, but you know it's the laws of the kingdom. You know it's normal in the kingdom. <laughs> uh, oh, wow, yeah, I hear you, Lord. Lord says to tell you, he's proud of you. There's a godly pride, just like there's a godly jealousy. My goodness, the prophetic is in this house. Glory, glory, glory. Somebody's being healed in the lower part of your back. It's just been aching. Just ache and ache. It leaves now in Jesus' name. Somebody's ear, somebody's ear and ear ache. Aches. Aches are being healed. Head aches, neck aches, back aches, feet aches. All kinds of aches are being healed right now. Move, move around, you'll find that thing gone. Move around, I'm telling you, aches are being healed right now by the power of God. Hallelujah, no more aches, no more aches. Heartaches are being healed, my garabastala. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel God in here.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you felt that ache, leave. Raise your hand. What was it? Your back? What was it? Toe? What was it? Shout it. What was it? Right here. Your knees. What was it? Your neck. Who else? Yes. Back. Wait. Back. Knee. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. I'm glad I came. <laughs> Won't you love on two or three folk around you? And you may be seated. Thank you all. after all that my goodness something powerful when the saints get rejoicing like that hallelujah glory be to God well it's just a privilege and an honor to be in this pulpit tonight and uh, trying to get my bearings together. You understand? You understand bearings? Praise the Lord. Y'all awake tonight? Might even took a little nap, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, glory to God. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Just appreciate Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Kim so much. They're just gracious hosts. And y'all got pastors that have a heart for God. So y'all give it up for your pastor. Come on. And I tell you what, the the ministry of helps around here, the hospitality. I tell you what, I come in here last night. I told him, I said, look, man, I ain't done nothing. Security out there. I said, been a long time since I've been in jail. I didn't do it. I think they believe me and let me on in here. Man, I'm going to have to have security for y'all security. Keep, keep your security off me. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then, uh, come on, Faith Victory Church, what about the hospitality last night? Come on. 
My goodness. I saw some of you stuffing stuff in your pockets. <laughs> Just kidding. Praise the Lord. And what a wonderful job y'all have done in upgrading the facility every, every which way. It's just, it's just wonderful. A lot of work, a lot of work you guys are doing, you know, and just, uh, you know, it shouldn't go uh, without being said. So I congratulate you all on all your effort and planning. It just don't happen. You have to uh, uh, work. Speaking of which, when we get back to the house, <laughs> hallelujah. Open your Bibles once again to Deuteronomy chapter 4. We're going to continue on this subject. of who God is. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, and our springboard verse is verse 24. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. Now, last night, and I don't have time to do an extensive review, but last night we discovered when you're studying the Word of God and you see Lord God, that you're talking about the harvesting side of God, right? When you saw God in chapter 1 of Genesis, that's his creative power. When you saw Lord God introduced in chapter 2, then you see him lording over what he created to ensure that the laws of seed time and harvest would be carried out, see? And so uh, then we looked at how God is a consuming fire. Remember that? And now remember, whatever he is, we are, right? Whatever he is, we are. You, you ain't never going to be the God. But you are a child of God, right? Sons and daughters of God. And we are made in his likeness. You know, just like your children. They're made in your likeness. They ain't never going to be you, right? But they're made in your likeness. And so uh, we found out that God is a consuming fire. And that consuming fire is uh, his creative power. Uh, when God created Adam, well, when he created everything, when, when God said, let there be, fire came out of him. And fire created. Now, see, we, we, our minds are limited in the way we think of fire, because we think of fire in a fireplace or a candle or something like that. But 
fire to God is power, creative power, power that creates, see? And so that's why uh, he could appear in the fiery furnace and nothing happened to his three uh, sons that refused to bow, right? Because God created all fire that mankind is aware of. And we looked at the most powerful fire that we know of, which is the sun. And God created that. What kind of creative power does our God have that he can create just the sun, just the sun, right? And uh, you and I enjoy the sun, the sunshine state, right? So on and so forth. And, uh, but God, our Father, created that. And that to him is easy. There's nothing that's difficult for God except getting his people to believe him. Come on now. But when we understand more of who our God is, then we'll understand more of who we are. And uh, so when uh, God created the heavens and the earth for his man, for us, then he took Adam and he breathed into him what the Bible says is, was the breath of life. But what comes out of God in the Psalms, it says smoke comes out of his nostrils. Fire comes out of his mouth. So when he breathed into Adam, that consuming creative fire went into him. And now instead of just being a molded piece of clay, he became a flame-breathing <laughs> child of the king. Are you following this? And so we discovered that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you can't separate God from the Word. And you can't separate God from the consuming fire. So that book, how many times have uh, people tried to burn the Bible? Just in the natural. I've heard story after story of, 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 of in communist countries, they want to burn the Bible, and it wouldn't burn. Hello? Come on. People's houses have burned down, and they went through everything, but there was the Bible. Maybe you've heard stories about it. But more importantly than the physical Bible is that word. See, God, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, had a situation on his hands because the consuming fire that Adam had went out. It was no more, right? And so uh, God has to, and God had a plan, of how to get his consuming fire back into his man, but sin was a problem. Because if consuming fire comes in contact with sin or vice versa, whoever the sinner is going to die. The wages of sin is death, right? 
And so, uh, thank God for Jesus, the last Adam, who come on the scene and took care of that sin problem for us. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, Father God hath made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin that you and I could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody shout right there. So now we've been born again by incorruptible seed by the word of God, which is the consuming fire. So a fire was lit on the inside of you when you got born again. You know, you, you may have heard, you see a baby Christian, they on fire for God, right? Well, we should never lose that fire. We should, as time goes by, we should be getting blazing higher and higher. How do you do that? You throw another log on the fire. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so God wasn't satisfied, which is you and I, having that born-again place in the kingdom. So he tells 120 of them, go into an upper room and wait for the promise. And the fire came. Come on, somebody. Tongues of fire. Tongues of fire. So when you're more fire coming out of your mouth, when you're praising God in English, I give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Fire's coming out of your mouth. When you're speaking to that mountain, fire's coming out of your mouth. Come on now. See? So we discover who he is. We find out who we are. And then... It says that he's a jealous God, yes. right? Yes. And we found out that not only is he a jealous God, that his name is jealous. Exodus 34, 14, just put it up on the screen because we got other places to go. For ye shall worship no other God for the Lord whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. You know, uh, when I, when, I, when I came up to Pastor Jonathan and said, uh, jealous is the name of the Lord, he said, I got it, I got it. And we started singing that. Something shifted. I mean, we were already in a good place. And, and uh, I might have to write a jealous, jealous album. A bunch of jealous songs. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The RVM band just went, oh, brother. <laughs> we pumping out albums, I tell you. But he wants us to know that not only is he a jealous God, it's one of his names. Now, 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 now just a little, this is a little funny. So look at your neighbor and say, this is just a little funny. You're a Christian, right? That's not the funny part. Well, it could be, could be. You're on a game show. You're a contestant on a game show. And for $1 million, 
The question is, give me a name outside of this camp meeting seat. Give me a name of God that starts with a J and ends with an S. Most Christians, I got this. And we'll even give you another hint. The second letter is an E. And the next to the last letter is a U. Oh, I know this one. But it's got seven letters. J-E-S-U-S. I told you it's a little funny. See, it's what happens when you sit in a recliner all day and pray in tongues. <laughs> Somebody's still trying to figure it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we've been looking at how God is a jealous God. Now, I do want you, I do want you to go to 2 Corinthians 11. Let me know when you're there by saying hallelujah. hallelujah. Hey, look at there. Y'all are awake tonight. Are we going to have to separate y'all? <laughs> that whole group right there. Second Corinthians 11, verse 2 says, This is the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Remember that? So there is godly jealousy, right? And last night we went to Long John Silver's. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're not going there tonight. We're not going there. But we see here that once you're born again, once you're in the kingdom, you're engaged. You know, there's, there's, there's this goofy doctrine that the bride of Christ is the new Jerusalem. And because it, it talks about the new Jerusalem shall come down as the bride of Christ, it's simply saying, it's just, like, it's just like if the bride was coming in a horse-drawn carriage. Here comes the bride in the, in the horse-drawn carriage. It's just what's carrying. Jesus ain't going to be married in no city. Right? Are you following what I'm saying? So you and I are the bride of Christ. Right? And uh, there's a way that we are supposed to be presented to uh, Jesus. You know where Jesus says in uh, 
John 14, I believe it is, uh, behold, I go and prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. That was Jewish custom. That was the marriage engagement ceremony where the bride-to-be and the groom-to-be would meet in a public, public place, not in some corner of a diner, with their parents, and the groom-to-be would tell the bride-to-be, in my father's house are many places to build, and I'm going to go build a place for you that where I am, there you may be also, and I'm coming back for you. I guarantee you, I guarantee you he will work in 20 hours a day. Right? Right? And that's why it talks about uh, the ten virgins, five of them foolish, five of them wise. They're waiting for the bridegroom to come. Right? Are you following this? And so uh, you and I, uh, he's not coming back. You know, you got a lot, of, a lot of preachers right now preaching the rapture. And Jesus is coming soon. Don't, don't get me wrong. He told me that in 1996 when he took me to heaven. But he ain't coming back for this mess. He ain't coming back for this mess. There's a restitution of all things that, have, that the holy prophets have prophesied that has to take place first before Jesus can come back. He's coming back for a glorious church, a bride without spot or wrinkle. So God is in, into preparing us by the Holy Ghost for us to be presentable. Presentable. You know, uh, when you're going to a, uh, a, a, some kind of function and uh, it's more than just hanging out at the beach, you're going to some a nice dinner or whatever, you want to make yourself presentable, right? And uh, how you do that is you clean up. Oh, no, did he say that word clean up? You clean up. Right? And, and, and uh, like my daddy said, you put some stink water on. My daddy was an Old Spice man. Old Spice. Old Spice. And as a little kid, as a little kid, I'd get, to, I'd get them little bottles when they get down about like that, and I'd put water in them. And I'd shake it on my head like this right here and go to Sunday school. Then my brother-in-law, one of my sisters got married, and he was a brute guy by Fabergé. I said, what's that smell? That's different. That's brute by Fabergé. Well, that's different from Old Spice. So I got me, I got me a bottle of that, right? And uh, you know, 
if you if you ever you're not but if 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 all of you were to go through my master bathroom i got one shelf just loaded with nice colognes right ood ood right but i got a bottle of brute there just to remind myself Now, don't get upset if you're wearing Brute tonight or Old Spice or whatever. I'm just telling you there's a new Spice out there. <laughs> what am I talking about all that for? Oh, be presentable. Be presentable. See, so God has a remnant that is, I mean, just like in that prophecy. Man, I want to read that thing. Y'all typed them things out? Yeah. Tiffy will type it out. Well, you think you're on vacation or something? So we're, we're, we're learning to be presentable. See, the Lord said this to me when I was praying this afternoon. He said, my people have learned to eat like kings, but they live like paupers. In other words, in other words, we get together and we make up all this food and stuff, even though kings probably wouldn't eat what we're doing. We're, we're, but we just, and, and we're not living we're just stuffing ourselves, comfort food. You understand what I'm saying? Now, now listen, I, hey, I live pretty good, right? But God called the way I'm living a pauper. Come on now, compared to what he got, see? And so God is working through the Holy Ghost, through his word, through the fivefold ministry gifts, through your obedience, through our seed, through our praise and worship, to get us into this presentable place where we're presentable to him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are, are you following? Yes, and uh, I'm not talking uh, about your inner spirit. You're already the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm talking about getting your outside to reflect what's going on on the inside. Come on now. Hallelujah. And so we looked at Rebecca. Remember Rebecca? And, uh, you know, Isaac, Isaac, the only begotten son of Abraham, uh, it was time for him to have a wife. And the father sent his master steward out to go find this wife. And uh, what we discovered last night was, if you go back and read that, he had 10 camels with him. Oh, I got to show it to you. Go back to Genesis. 
Go back to Genesis. Genesis 24. Are you there? Look at what it says here. In verse 4. You shall go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac, right? Verse 10. And the servant took Ten truckloads. A camel's a truckload. Truckloads. The servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed for all the goods of the master was in his hand. So when we see Rebecca watering these camels, she had a pitcher, and she's lowering it down into the well. You read it on your own time. And she doesn't pick this pitcher up and hold it for the camel. She takes it over to a trough and pours it in. Now, what you need to know about a camel, a camel can drink anywhere from 20 to 50 gallons of water in 10 minutes' time. Now, you do the math. How big is that picture? Ten camels, 20 to 50 gallons in 10 minutes. In other words, just as soon as she pouring that in the trough, they're gone. Now, watch this. Remember. These camels weren't ragged out. No, 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 not these camels. These are Abraham's camels, the richest man around. They got jewels in their reins. They, they, they're saddled up. Come on now. They got all kinds of garb on them. And she is watering these camels. Now, you better listen to this and don't miss this. She does not know that real soon what she's doing, watering these camels, she'll be riding. And not only will she be riding, she'll be owning. Now, you better listen because a lot of us have been laboring, serving, Come on, you've been paying on that property and you're going to end up owning it. Hello, come on now. You've been working in that business, you're going to end up owning that business. Are you following this? She could not go in her current condition even though the Bible says she was fair to look upon. That wasn't good enough. Her beauty wasn't good enough. 
she needed to be presentable on that beauty that she had to be able to be equally yoked with who she was going to get married to. What's the moral of that story? Your good looks ain't everything. Now I didn't get no amens right there. Well, the world tries to do that. They'll sell themselves out. Come on now. But we're in the process. See, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy because you're engaged. But you can't be presented in the current condition you're in. I don't want Jesus to come back and catch me like this. I want to be able to lay down my crown. Hello? Come on, is anybody staying with me on it? <clears throat> okay, so it's going to take some stuff, right? But notice what he says in the next, well, let's go back to 2 Corinthians 11. Second Corinthians 11. He says in verse 2, For I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, and that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled the first bride. Now, she was presentable. She was presentable. Oh, Eve was a looker. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful. Head to toe. But she lost her presentation ability because Satan came in and beguiled her. Now, he leaves Adam out of this because he's talking to us about the bride. Follow this now. Look what it says. For I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ, for if he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which you've not received, or another gospel, which you've not accepted, you might well bear with him. Here we go. Do we see what keeps the body of Christ from being presentable is not on the outside. It's what has infiltrated the inside. You got five-fold ministry gifts that are telling you it's okay. Grace has got you covered. 
Hello? Come on now. They're preaching another gospel. You know, we get tagged as, you know, we're, we're these prosperity preachers. Prosperity, you know, you preach that prosperity gospel, you know, and so on and so forth. How stupid, how stu- I mean, how elementary. I mean, you're dealing with really foolishness just in that statement. But yet, you got major ministries out there that <clears throat> you can turn on Christian television and watch it for long before there's contradiction after contradiction after uh, uh, what you know is truth. You, you ought to be thankful that you're in exceeding Grace Christian Center and Faith Victory Church. <clears throat> Excuse me. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> that you're hearing the truth preached, not uh, something recited. See? And uh, we're going somewhere with this because God has this side of him that he don't like nobody messing with his people and with his stuff. And and are you are you ready to go here? All right. That's your review. All right. Let's get in this thing. Look over here in Psalm 79. Psalm 79. They eat like kings and live like paupers. Makes me want to fast. Sometime. Not right now. Now, No, okay, go to Numbers chapter 5. Numbers chapter 5. Now, this is called, in verse 29, look at it. It says, this is the law of what? Uh Uh-oh. Of jealousies. Now, understand, it's talking about the wife again. Don't get all (laughs) women over this. I didn't write this. But we are the bride. Jesus is the husband. Got it? And we can find a powerful truth here. It says, this is the law of jealousies when a wife goeth aside to another instead of her husband. Start drifting off, going after other things in life. Committing adultery. Going and investigating new age. Positive thinking. All this stuff that's out there that Christians are getting wrapped up in. Going to these success 
conferences that are just teaching you how to use willpower instead of how to use the Word of God, and 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 you're drifting away, and 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 all of a sudden there you are, you know, and you're you're more interested in what uh, you know the leader of Facebook has to say about success versus what this book says. This is the law of jealousies. When a wife goeth aside to another instead of her husband and is defiled, or when the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous over his wife, and shall set the woman before the Lord, and the priest shall execute upon her all this law. Now, you can read it in your own time because I'm, I'm not really uh, concentrating on that. I'm going to show you a powerful truth in it, though. But what would happen if the husband suspected, if the spirit of jealousy came upon him for his wife, and he had reason to suspect that she has been committing adultery. Does Jesus have any reason to suspect that people in, in his so-called church are committing adultery? I ain't talking about physical adultery, even though that's going on. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about they, they, they hallelujah Jesus in church, but they're out there whoring around with other things of the world, serving other gods bowing and worshiping other things out there. I got anybody here tonight, right? So what would happen when the spirit of jealousy would come on the husband? Well, just think if we, if we had a spirit of jealousy uh, service like what they have right here. So all the wives are come in. We're not taking communion today. No, no, no. It's a spirit of, of, of uh, this is the law of jealousies uh, today. Uh, Pastor, I got, I, got, I got to go meet somebody at the house. Well, hang on, drink this first. And they would make up this concoction, and, and, the, and the woman would drink it. And if she committed adultery, she would look pregnant. But it's swelling. And her hips, now how many of you, you know, ladies, your hips are, are, you know, they're they're who you are. Your hips are different from our hips, okay, as I'm. Y'all trying to act all straightforward, but your hips different. You look in the mirror. I don't do that. I don't do this. But y'all do that. How do you know? I have five sisters. That's how I know. And a wife. Right? And their hips would rot. Law of jealousy. Law of jealousy. Right? Now... She, she would be cursed. She would be cursed from the rest of the people, and she would never, ever 
be pregnant and never could have sex again. No, 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 no. He don't want that. Now watch this. Let's back up to the good part. <laughs> Verse 28. But if the woman be not defiled. Come on now. But be clean, then shall she be free and shall conceive seed. Now, 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 now follow this. We're talking, yeah, that's talking about physical, right? But take this over into the realm of the spirit, right? Right? If you and I are not defiled, if we're living a clean life, look what it says, freedom and the ability to conceive seed. And if you, you can hear about healing all you want to, but you got to be able to conceive that seed. You can hear about prosperity all you want to, but you got to be able to conceive that seed. It's got to get down in your heart. You got to get pregnant with this thing before you can birth that healing, before you can birth that prosperity. And are you following what I'm saying? So this is all part of the bride being presentable, being presentable. Now, there ain't no husband want to marry a woman they're fooling around. Y'all understand fooling around? Yeah. Don't get a, don't do me that way. Because I know it works vice versa. Right? But we ain't talking about the groom. Our groom don't fool around. Faithful is he that called you who will also do it. Come on, somebody. So we already got that established. It's the unfaithful that he's having to deal with. But I believe we got a faithful bunch in here. Come on, somebody. I believe I got a faithful house in here. I don't believe you out there running around, whoring around with other gods. I believe Jesus is your Lord. He's your Savior. He's your healer. He's your protector. He's your Hallelujah. See? Woo. Now, let me give you, because God's taking me in different directions here. Uh, let me give you three definitions of jealousy. Number one, hostile towards a rival or one believed to enjoy an advantage. You know takers might want to write that down. Hostile towards a rival, or Tiffany can type it out for you, or one... <laughs> Or one believed 
to enjoy an advantage. Number two, intolerant of rivalry or unfaithfulness. But number three is where I want to go. Number three, vigilant in guarding a possession. Vigilant in guarding a possession. Now you are possessed by Jesus. You're bought with a price. You're Jesus possessed. Come on now. But there's things that <clears throat> assist that belong to you in the kingdom that are necessary for you to fulfill everything that he's gifted you and called you to do. Thank you for your enthusiasm right there. Go with me to the book of Joel. Joel chapter 2. You're going to see something. Joel chapter 2. Let me know when you're there by saying hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, this whole chapter is good. I teach teach you on that whole chapter, but I'm, I, I, I got to go straight to verse 18. This is a great army. Then will the Lord be what? Jealous, Jealous for his land. His land. His land. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yeah, but he's giving the earth over to the children. I know, I know, honey. But he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. When this thing's all said and done, it's all his, and he going to burn it all up. Adam, all your guitars, he's going to fry them, man. He's going to burn every one of them. You can put it in a fireproof case all you want to. That thing going to he burning it all up. I'm telling you, new heavens and a new earth, Right? So it says here, he'll be jealous for his land. All right, let me, let me create a scenario so that you understand a little bit better where Father God, as a jealous God, is coming from. Okay. Your father, ladies, just like we're a bride, your father right there. Your father, and you bought your son for his 13th birthday, that bicycle, 
the one that, the, I mean that nice bicycle, that one that, that, that one that he was just, daddy, this is, this is it. And he, you got it for him for his birthday, and he just is ecstatic over that bicycle. And so uh, he's out there, and uh, he goes uh, riding down the road, and you tell him, now, don't go too far now. You know, get, get, learn how to uh, work that thing. And he's gone for about an hour. And he comes back. His lips busted. Got a black eye. And his arm is broke. And you said, you say to him, what happened? And he said to you, Daddy, that man down the street. He came up and knocked me off that bike, beat me up. I told him that my daddy gave me that bike for my birthday, and he said, I'm taking it, I'm giving it to my son. He gave it to his son. Now, you a dad, what you going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to walk in love. You're going to turn the other cheek. What's all everyone going like this for? No, now, you know, this, we, we, we got to be a good witness. After all, God wants him in the kingdom. Where's that Louisville slugger at? As a father that you created that day for your son and you saw him just joyful in that bike and another father that bike <laughs> and you're looking at your son with a busted mouth black eye broke arm now you don't sit there and say now son in this world, we have tribulation. But by and by, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Do you see what Christians have been putting up with? When that devil 
God don't like it. He's jealous for his stuff. No, we're going to get your bike back. We might, we might grab a few things while we're there. Hey! <laughs> hey! Come on now. 
We were up at the ballpark when I was a kid playing basketball. And uh, we had this softball field right up the street where I lived, a little uh, playground. And everything was broke down on the thing. And uh, but the, the city put a basketball goal up there. Now, understand, it was a dirt court, half court. But it was a basketball goal better than the one I, that dad, dad. <laughs> Mom told dad, that boy need a basketball goal. He, I got to get him out of the house because I, have, I, have, I made a basketball goal inside the house. In the living room, in the, in the living room, we had this one post that held up the whole house, had this big uh, living room. And I, I made a basketball go. Mom said, boy, I'm talking about a little ball like that shooting, right? And told Dad, Dad, you got to get, you got to do something for his boy now. He need a basketball go. Boy don't need no basketball go. We need work for what he need. And she stayed after him. And so one day I went out, uh, <laughs> went out there. You know uh, how you can pound those metal stakes down into the ground for fence. He welded a post to that with a piece of angle iron across the top. And he says, there's your basketball goal. I said, Dad ain't got no backboard. You make it. So I got some wood that was laying around and built this backboard out of one by 12s. And I had to climb up in there and bolt that thing on there. And that was my basketball goal. So when I had, I had, I had, I had an old rim that my buddy was going to throw away. See, and he was crooked. That was my basketball goal. And so when you shot and the ball hit the backboard, it go. <laughs> and it faced the garden where you better not step on pop stuff. So when they have this basketball go up there at the, up there at the park, man, <laughs> Right? So we're up there playing. And there, I don't know, there's six, seven of us. And I'm a little fella, you know. And this other little fella that lived on our street come up there, and he wanted to play. And the bigger boys wouldn't let him play. They barely let me play. And there was this guy that was one, two, two houses up from us. Vietnam vet, and he come home from Vietnam, and he didn't talk to nobody. He sat out on that front porch and just stared straight ahead. Now, this is back in the uh, 60s, see? And he didn't know about all this post-traumatic, whatever they call it. Yeah, 
They didn't know about all that. So he just, he just out on the front porch, and he just he sit there all day long, just there. Nobody talked to him, right? I never heard him talk. Just he just, and you know, we, we'd walk by, we'd look at him. He'd have on his his uh, uh, army uh, fatigue jacket. Never cut his hair; his hair just growing, and he just sit there and stare. Well, that little guy come up. I didn't know was his little brother, and he wants to play. Now, where he's sitting, he can see that basketball go. And then big boys are sitting there saying, get out of here. He ain't playing because he wasn't no good. I barely got to play, but I was good. You leave me open, it's going to cost you. Right? Right? And all of a sudden, here he comes. And I'm like, oh boy, I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm the little guy here. <laughs> and he goes up to them big boys. Now listen to me now. This is big brother. And he said, I got a list of kills going up this arm right here and up this arm right here. And I said, You see that boy right there? He wants to play ball. He's gonna play ball, ain't he? And I'm gonna go right back over and sit. And if he ain't playing ball, I'm gonna be back up here. Man, are you kidding me? He played every game. He still wasn't no good. And you know what them big boys were doing? Here, go on, shoot. Go on. I almost made it here. Shoot again. That's what happens when big brother shows up that's already been through war, already knows. Come on, somebody. True story. True story. See? I'm getting my bicycle back. Right? Ezekiel, you still with me? Something happening in here tonight. Ezekiel 36. Glory, glory, glory. No, go to Isaiah 42. Now you know where Ezekiel 36 is. Isaiah 42. God is jealous for his land. Do you understand that everything we know of, cars, houses, clothes, it all comes out of the land. So when it says he's jealous for his land, it's all inclusive. Come on now. Come on now. See? So God don't like it that you and I got knocked off our bicycle. He don't like it. He don't and so his his intention for you and I, once we got born again, 
and started understanding that we're to be harvesters and that there's a fire that should be in us to pursue and get what belongs to us that's necessary for kingdom advancement so that we can be presentable. Come on now. It would be hard for me to preach prosperity if I didn't have something to present. In those early days when I was preaching to, you know, eight people, prosperity, we'd been around to the Marshall Islands and back. We saw God's provision uh, there and back, but we ain't had nothing to show for it. Matter of fact, you know, we, we're struggling, right? But now God has blessed us through the laws of seed time and harvest, so on and so forth, so that uh, the way we live now is uh, a challenge to a lot of Christians to uh, move after that, to follow that faith. Are you following this? Right? And so, uh, but I know that what God has for Mama Alberta and myself is not acceptable where we are. It's not acceptable. See? This, we're, we're far below where God is taking us. And in doing, and, and see, don't, don't diminish yourself by saying, well, my goodness, if Pastor Philip is far below, then I must really be. No, no, we're all moving together. We're all moving together. And you're having things taught to you that we didn't have taught to us. Really? I'm, I'm serious. You're hearing things we didn't hear. See, we thank God for Dad Tilton, but that was short-lived. See, and so uh, here we are being challenged ourselves. Now, see, uh, we don't, we, we're, not, we're not challenged with bills. We're not challenged with uh, gas in a car, food on, well, maybe food. Pastor Elizabeth texted me today. She said, I bet you had plenty of pancakes today. I said, Mom made me a drink. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Blueberry pancakes. Hot maple syrup and butter on them. Glory be to God. Loaded, loaded. I mean, just every, every, every fortful. Just it's just blue. Stack. So much syrup. By the time all the pancakes gone, you still got a big pool of it. Need, need, a couple, need a couple of biscuits to take care of that. Hey. 
Okay, we're in Isaiah 42. <sighs> oh, I'm happy. You know why? Because things are breaking. Things are snapping in here. Things are shifting in here. Things are being rearranged in here. What, the anointing don't come in here to make me look good. The anointing comes in here to transform and change your life. And I know while I'm talking, angels are moving on your behalf, making you presentable. Isaiah 42, verse 13. Are you there? The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. Now, I told you about man of war last night. He shall cry Yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. For a long time I've held my peace. I have been still and refrained myself. But now, look at your neighbor and say, you better take this to heart. Now, 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 right now, right now, in this camp meeting, right now, while you in here. Boy, that anointing's here tonight. This is this is this is the this is the kind of breakout anointing. This is the kind of anointing that <clears throat> I look for. I can't make it happen, but when it comes, I know it. And when it comes, I know what's happening. It's not again. It's not just for us to you know just have Holy Ghost goosebumps. Things are moving. Things are happening. God's confirming the word of his servant. Hallelujah. For a long time, I've held my peace. I've been still, and I refrain myself. But now, will I cry like a woman giving birth? I will destroy and devour at once. Now, hang on now, because we're taught the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God will rebuke the But God says right here, when jealousy is stirred, when somebody's been messing with my kids 
and been messing with my bicycles, been messing with my land, been messing with stuff that's necessary for my master plan to come forth in its due season. I'm gonna stir myself up. Now watch this. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. All right, now watch. We're supposed to understand why a man of war is fighting, why he's at war. Two reasons. You protecting your stuff or you going to go get somebody else's stuff. <laughs> so men of war were not just fighting because that's what they've been trained to do. There was a jealousy for their families. There was a jealousy for not having enough. There's a reason for this warfare. There's a reason why we're fighting the good fight of faith. There's a reason why the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There's a reason why we are warriors on the inside. No, we ain't compromising. We ain't, we ain't coming to the peace table with the devil. Uh-uh. Ah, uh, no. Now, watch this. You want to know what fuels the consuming fire? Jealousy. Jealousy is the fuel for the consuming fire. Watch this. Take jealousy out, and you're left with toleration. And the body of Christ has not understood jealousy. Yeah, we tolerate because we don't walk in love. We don't even understand love. God's love, that jealousy love, right? That angry love. So it says here that he will stir up jealousy as a man of war, talking about himself, and he's talking about you and I. If he stirs himself up, then he's stirring us up in this camp meeting. Come on now. 
we're being stirred up in a side of God that we didn't know much about, but is necessary for the wealth inversion. It's necessary for the hundredfold. It's necessary for your houses, your lands, your properties. We can't be passive in this. Should I stop? See? See? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Let me show you something. I'm looking at my Bible, it's backwards. Upside down. First Samuel. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. A very familiar, familiar chapter seventeen. Talking about Goliath. Now, do you know when you're reading the Bible that some of it is not chronologically in order? You do know that. In other words, it's 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 chronicalized right as far as uh, it's in the book. I don't know, know if that's the right language, but it's not in sequence. And we see that in uh, 1 Samuel 16 and 1 Samuel 17. It's out of order. 1 Samuel 16 should come after 1 Samuel 17. All right? And I'll show you why. Okay. <clears throat> In First uh, Samuel sixteen, let's go there first. This is where uh, Samuel anoints David. Remember that. And Saul now has a evil spirit messing with him. Remember that. And let's pick it up in verse. 17, and Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning and plain, a mighty valiant man and a man of war. Now, see, nobody knew that he was a man of war. He killed the lion and the bear all by himself. So, and so this comes after chapter 17. You understand what I'm saying? But right here, David is now recognized as a man of war. Now, remember, David kills the giant. Now, to 
be called a man of war in the Holy Scriptures. And, and that terminology is only used three times. And one of them is God. Then you better be all of that. Right? So let's get over to chapter 17 where David is going to answer the call that nobody will answer, right? And uh, in verse 32, David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go out and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine. You ever hear anybody tell you you ain't able? For you're but a youth, and he, a man of war from his youth. Okay, we got, we got something going on here now. We got David that is a man of war. We got Goliath who is undefeated, man of war. Now, David wasn't trained on the battlefield. He was trained on the field where the battle came. And he did what God told him to do, and he smote the lion and the bear. So what gives David, other than having that testimony of killing the lion and the bear, what causes him to rise up as a man of war to confront a man of war? Knowing what we know has to be jealousy. So if we back up in chapter 17, y'all still here? If we back up... In chapter 17, we're going to learn something. And look what happens here. Uh, where is it? Okay. Now, uh, Goliath comes out, and he says in verse 10, And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid, right? So he's doing this constantly for 40 days. He's coming out saying, I defy the armies of Israel, right? Now watch this. David is sent by his dad, to check on his brothers and so on and so forth. And uh, he gets there, and in verse, oh, 23, and as he talked with him, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the what? What were the words? I defy the armies of Israel. That was his scare tactic. I 
defy the armies of Israel, just like all this pandemic that's going out. I defy the church. You following this? And there's a defiant devil out there that wants to stop you and I from getting our bicycle back. Come on now. David heard those words, verse 23. And as he talked with them, hang with me because we're closing. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words which are, I defy the armies of Israel. And David heard those words. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that's come up? Surely to defy who? Israel. Israel is he that come up. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free. Sounds pretty good. Right? And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, well, run that by me again. Whoa, 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 I'm going to make sure we got this right now. What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and takes the reproach from Israel? Now watch. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the... Okay, now. He wasn't... Goliath didn't come out and say, I defy the armies of the living God. He came out and said, I defy the armies of Israel. But David is a man of war. And when he saw that he was messing with God's stuff, he heard, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of the living God? See, this thing's way beyond your house. God wants that house. God needs that house. God needs that property. God needs those cars. God needs those businesses. God needs those finances. God needs them. The Lord hath need of them. That's what he heard. That's what he heard. He's brought in front of Saul, and he's telling Saul in verse 36, the servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. <laughs> Verse 44. And the Philistine said to David, 
come to me, I'll give you a flesh into the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine. Then said, man of war to a man of war. With God, the man of war, with David. Then said David the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, take your head from thee. I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there's a God in the church of the living God. I'm telling you, there's some turnarounds, there's some reversals, there's some things that are coming to the church, the remnant church, that the whole world's going to know that there's a God. Politically, governmentally, financially, physically, you name it, it's going to happen. We are in a season of fulfillment. Somebody shout if you believe that. Now listen, I don't know. We got two more meetings. I don't know what the anointings are going to be like, but I know what it's like tonight. I know what it's like tonight. Come on now. And it is swirling in here. Get your seed ready. Get your jealousy seed ready. Mark it on. If you're writing a check, mark it on there. Don't play with this thing. Hallelujah. God's stirring you up, stirring you up, stirring you up, stirring you up, stirring you, your, your jealousy up. Come on, somebody. Don't, 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 don't shrink back now. You've come too far. Hallelujah. If you need to give an envelope, hold your hand up there. I don't know. Is that what you want to do? Jealousy. Is that good stuff or what? What are you saying, Pastor Philip? God wants you to have the best. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good and fat of the land. Listen, he wants you to have that nice car, that nice house, that your, your body functioning and long life. He wants that more than you want it. He needs you to have that. He's jealous for you to have that. And God's moving. This is, you know, God told me uh, it's the year of judgment. Good for us, bad for the wicked, severe for the wicked. He told the pastor of this house, it's the year of miracles. Put them two together. What you going to get? Something real good. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. We're not just going to eat like kings. We're going to live like kings. You see the power of jealousy? We've been too complacent. We've operated in the law of faith so long that we've left out that aggressiveness, that passion, that fervency to have what belongs to us. So we've entered into, I have believed, I've received. I got it by faith. And, we, and, we've, let, and we've let the fire out of our, what we've claimed. And God's stirring up, not back to where you were, no, 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 no. He's stirring up jealousy. See? See? Is that the basket? Let me have it. When you got it ready, bring it up here. I'm going to pray over it. out devil we ain't playing around it's our jealousy seed presentable we're going to be presentable come on on that day when Jesus is awarded his bride we're going to be in full array come on somebody Those of you online, back there, Faith Victory Church. Anywhere else? Is there information on the screen? Don't miss this anointing. Well, I got to pray about it. I know. You just missed. You just prayed yourself right out from underneath it. When the waters are stirred, people. Is this everybody? I'm, I'm, I'll wait. It's important. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So many times 
in the church world, they'll rush through an offering when it's one of the most important times of the service. You're bringing your gift to the altar. You're acknowledging, you're reciprocating back to God what's just been released in the house. See? Last night, I wasn't real pleased with the service. And I went home, and I stayed up. And the Lord was telling me, Philip, look, 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 look. I have to teach my people before I can move mightily in your midst. I said, well, all right. But see, this I like this. I like this kind of anointing. This is, this is, where, this is where I like to swim. Because I know that it's more than just a word coming to you. It's coming to you and through you into your situation. Now, you take that word that, can you play back that word or no? Can you play back that tongue and interpretation? <laughs> 